0: Wow, boys and girls, I can't believe we're on our eighth reading podcast for the K. It's flown by really, really quickly. We are almost up to Chapter 13. I'm going to back up just a few paragraphs to refresh your memory where we left off from last week. If you remember, Timothy had been sick with a high fever from malaria and had kind of run crazily down to the water to cool off. I stayed by him the rest of the lawn afternoon while he slept. When he awakened, it was early evening and had turned cool again. He was breathing easily now, and I knew the fever had broken because his forehead was no longer hot. Sitting up, he said weakly, How did I get down here? I told him he'd run down the hill. Dead. Devil de fever, Timothy sighed. I said, you went into the water. You scared me, Timothy. Dat be true, he said. My head burned wildfire, and I put it out. I helped him to his feet, and we went up the hill together, Timothy leaning on me for support for the first time. He never really regained his strength after that. Chapter 13 It was in late May that I believe Timothy decided we might stay there forever. We had not seen a schooner sail or heard an airplane since setting foot on the island. I knew it was late May because each day he dropped a small pebble into an old can that he found on the beach. It was our only way to tell him how many days we'd been there. Every so often I'd count them beginning with April 9, we now had 48 pebbles in the can. On this day, Timothy said thoughtfully, Philippe, has it ever come into your own self that I might be poorly again some morning? I knew he was thinking about malaria and his fever and that he could get sick again. I told him, The thought had crossed my mind. He said, well, you must then know how to provide your own self with the fish. For more than a week, I knew he had been laboring over nails to turn them into fish hooks. He'd always speared the fish, or langosta, with a sharp stick. But I could not see, of course, to do that. I knew he was making the hooks for me. He said with a secret tone in his voice, I have found an outrageous good old Spa under reef, a safe place. We went down the hill and started out along the reef shelf. By now my feet were tough and I hardly felt the jagged edges of the coral. But I knew that lurking in the tide pools were the treacherous sea urchins. Stepping on them invited a sharp spine in your foot. And Timothy had already warned me. Stepping on them invited a sharp spine in your foot, and Timothy had already warned me, de very poisonous, de be giving you terrible pain. Every two feet, Timothy had driven a piece of driftwood deep into the coral crevices so that I could feel them as I went along. Neither of us knew what to do about the sea urchins, but Timothy said he'd think mightily about them. He had taken a large rock to smash them all along the path over the reef top, but in time they would come back. We went out about 50 feet along the reef, and then he said, now we fish. He described the hole to me. It was about 20 feet in diameter and six to eight feet deep. The bottom was sandy, but mostly free of coral so that my hooks would not snag. He said there was a most natural opening to the sea so that the fish could swim in and out of this coral-walled pool. He took my hand to have me feel all around the edges of the hole. The coral had been smoothed over by centuries of sea wash. Timothy said that the sand in the seawater acted like a grindstone on the sharp edges of the coral. It was not completely smooth, but there were no jagged edges sticking out. Now. Reach down here, Timothy said, and tug off the mussel. I put my hand into the warm water, kneeling down over the ledge, and felt a mussel. But in ripping it loose, I lost my balance, and only Timothy's hand prevented me from falling in. If you are blind, the sensation of falling can be terrifying. My memory of the fall off the raft was still very clear. Timothy said, Easy, dear there, Philippe. Just sit a moment and relax. His voice was soothing. If ever you do fall, just stay in the hole a while. Feel which way the water washes, then follow it into the ledge. Grab hole and pull yourself out. Timothy guided my hands in opening the tough mussel shell and digging the slippery meat out to bait the hook. "'Tis an outrageous sharp knife, "'so be very careful on your fingers.' "'Then he told me to feel the hook "'and slip the muscle bait over the barb. "'I'd finished many times, "'excuse me, I fished many times with my father, "'and this was easy. "'Rusty bolts served as sinkers. "'Timothy had found several pieces of wood "'with bolts in them, had buried them, "'then raked the bolts out of the ashes. "'He unraveled a lifeline,' from the raft to make single strands for the fishing line. I don't know about you, boys and girls, but Timothy is super smart. He has thought of everything. I dropped the hook and sinker overboard. In a moment, there was a sharp tug. I jerked, flipping the fish back over my shoulder so it would land on the reef. Timothy cheered and told me to feel along the line to the wriggling fish and then take the hook out. Squirming and jumping in my hand, it was small but fat. I grinned over toward Timothy. When I had fished before, it was fun. Now I felt I had done something very special. I was learning to do things all over again by touch and feel. And that's where we'll stop for today.